modulized, modulized, modularized, modulized. Now, now I'm sitting here waiting for you to say modularized. <laughs> Mod- modularized. <laughs> modularized. That should be a band name. Yeah. Thank you, Philadelphia. We We're are modularized. modularized. <laughs> Uh, it is Tuesday, June 7th. It's June 7th? Wait, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, June 7th. Yep. June 7th, uh, 2016, episode 215 of On Taking Pictures. Bill Wadman is up in balmy Brooklyn. Yep, it's kind of nice out today. Jeffrey Sidoris in D.C. It's I, I think it's nice. I only went to take out the trash, so it was nice this morning when I took out the trash. At uh, 3.30? <laughs> 3.30 in the morning, right, when I got up to pee. <laughs> 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 uh, good times. Uh, um, how you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm fine. I've got my espresso here. I had one of those like lovely I, – I was taking some pictures last night on this roof uh, on the Upper West Side, and I had one yeah, of those sort of – Yeah, we talked last night. How'd it go? Uh, good, I think. I mean, I have. There's a lot of work to do. Uh, How did you end up uh, uh, surmounting the uh, the ladder obstacle? Uh, she, uh, one of us pulled. So I was taking pictures of a girl, sort of on this ladder on the roof of this uh, building, uh, and the ladder had like a guard, so you couldn't climb the first six feet of it or so. Which Bill promptly ignored because he needed to get the shot. Because I'm a baller and. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was um, – we ended up um, uh, basically pulling – it was sort of sandwiched between these two metal sheets that had a mm-hmm. lock on them. Mm-hmm. But you could pull them enough and this girl was tiny enough that she can get her little feet like into the edge side just to climb the few things oh, up, to the, okay. up to there. okay. It ended up working out and um, uh, she was a trooper and it went pretty quickly. And I, I it, it's She like, only fell 12 stories. It was great. Yeah. Uh, she, it was um, – yeah, it went really. I think it went really well. There's a. I have a lot of work to do in the back end, and there's something I noticed this morning that I'm not happy about, but I think I can work around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but yeah, it was it was fun. But anyway, the point was is that it was like sunset over the city. It was 80 degrees. It was not humid. It was just like one of these beautiful. We're up 20 something, 16 floors or whatever. Like you know, stories like look overlooking the city. It was just one of those really. Uh, special New York nights. Now, did you um, end up talking to the super, or did you just run and gun it? Run and gun. Well, nice. we we had permission to be on the roof because it's like a roof deck with this oh, stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh And we were just hoping that the guy wouldn't come up and notice that we were also climbing up this ladder. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah, which I'm sure was not necessarily illegal, but certainly outside of the realm of the insurance people. Who right, right. <laughs> yeah. would, would have gotten you kicked off in, Probably. in the least. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah, not yeah. arrested, but certainly asked to leave. Exactly, yeah. But, uh, but it worked out, and we did it fast, and we, uh, yeah. So it was fun, but uh, it was just a, it was, it was a nice night. But I got home uh, late and whatever. It's all good. But we're here today. We are here today. Uh, I, uh, I baked over the weekend. I, I, I saw the cake. I'm a, I'm a fan of making the, what, how many, three layers? Three layers, baby. Yep. That's, three that's where it's Three layers of chocolate f- goodness. I did a four layer a few years ago for, for a birthday. And, uh, I think, I think three layers is the, is the, is the good spot though. That's, the, it was tasty. It went over very well. Yep. Uh, but man, a lot of butter, a lot of sugar. 
Did you, you wait, you made the cake from scratch? Yeah, made the cake from scratch, made the buttercream, uh, made cake pops, which uh, in, in retrospect uh, would have made them smaller because they were more like cake sized you know, like apple-sized yeah. cake. They were you, do, you do understand you were serving them to children, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, but but I didn't have to put them to sleep. <laughs> Daddy, just one more game, one more game. Mommy, mommy, one more game, one more game. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, no, they they turned out really well, and it was fun, and 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 uh, the the you know everybody seemed to enjoy them, parents and and uh, and kids. Uh, but man, do I have an extraordinary amount of respect for for cooks serious bakers. And bakers. Yes. When it comes to cakes, I've I've come to the conclusion that uh, Duncan Hines makes a mean cake. Oh yeah. Okay. Like, right. I'm just saying that like boxed cakes, they know what they're doing because they've been doing it for 50 years and they get right, it right. Right. You know. Um, you know, it, uh, the, the the timing and the staging of getting everything to line up. I mean, not unlike a chef or, or sure. you know, but man, hats off to all of you boys and girls out there who are who are cooks or chefs or bakers because you're all insane. Man, you you guys and girls, Jesus, you're you're doing you're doing it up. And then before that, I, I had a lovely conversation. Somebody mentioned, I think it was it in the group that somebody mentioned Nick. Uh, I think so. Anyway, I had a, a conversation with Nick Brandt. Okay. Uh, who, who is a wildlife photographer. He's an activist. He, uh, does those, those beautiful portraits of, of animals in Africa. Yep. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it more later, but lovely person. Um, an interesting conversation in that he challenged me back on a few points um, and right, I want to hear about that. It was, it was really interesting. It was, uh, you know, and he asked me some questions about, you know, well, how do you feel about it? What do you, where, you know, am I right on this or where, what do you think of? So it was really a terrific exchange. I had a great time talking to him. Um, and that will be up, uh, next process driven. I think tomorrow I'll be able to get either, either tomorrow or Friday. Uh, but, but not Thursday. We'll be out of town on Thursday. Okay. Um, so either tomorrow or Friday, but terrific guy, super interesting, and I think there will be a follow up to that as well because we didn't we didn't get to some of the things that that we wanted to. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, and he was kind enough to say, "Hey, if there's you know if there's more, you want to do another one, let me know, and I'm happy to do it." Mm-hmm. So, where does he live? He lives uh, in California, just over the county line from Malibu. Ah, okay, north. North, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, out in the hills. Yep. Um, and it, one of the things that he said, uh, let's see, do I have it? I have his quote. He says, a day in the city is a day lost. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He is a big fan of the outdoors, always has been since he was a kid. Um, but I, we, we talked a couple times and I wrote that down when we, when we first spoke and, and I asked him about it. And uh, his, his answer was, was terrific. So look for that either tomorrow or Friday, um, next episode of Process Dream. All right. We'll, yeah. We're, uh, we'll, uh, well, we'll talk about that at the end, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, All right. Did you watch The Solitary Man? Most of it. Okay. Most of it. I got it's 40 here. minutes long. What do you mean most of it? Well, some friends were playing Rocket League, and they How's asked— Rocket League? Rocket League— 
<laughs> Rocket League is a game. It's Sometimes a game. we're playing mumbo jumbo, and I just had to. No, it's a game on Steam. Oh, okay. It's a video game. Video okay. game. Yeah. Uh, it's it's sort of like um, pong. Maybe actually, <laughs> you can play hockey, soccer, or basketball, but you're playing as cars. So like you're you're driving around the field, and there's a giant ball, and you got to It's you're playing soccer, you know. But with cars, and uh, it's okay. it is wicked fun. So uh, I, I was invited to join in on a match, and I was like, "I'll come back to this." And then I got distracted, and I didn't come back to it. So I, I, I've only got a little bit left. But get, don't let that stop you. Okay. Oh, and and if any of you out there are playing Rocket League, look for me on Steam. Happy to join in and play Rocket League. You and your gamers, well, crazy people. You gotta have fun, man. Yeah, I just wouldn't choose that as my fun thing to do. Um, but the uh, all right, so 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 this so this guy they show him painting, they show yes. him photographing, they show him picking up beautiful women at an airport and then taking him back to his dark, creepy house and taking pictures of them. You know, he he could. I think he could have an equally, maybe though different, but an equally successful career as a as a conceptual portrait photographer. In 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 addition to just using the the photographs as the basis for his paintings, yeah. But I mean, that's probably true of a lot of painters, right? Um, I it's yeah, it's interesting to me. It was interesting watching him. He obviously has a whole lot of um, crazy wearable crap around. You know what I mean? Like all the stuff he was putting on the ladies. Like here, stick this strange headdress on your head. Right. You Lots know? of props and accessories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh like you have to. I mean that's Patrick. He probably bar- I was gonna say he probably borrowed him from Patrick. Right. Patrick's got a ton of stuff. Yeah. That, that it just adds to the shoot. Yep. Or it can add to the shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Go ahead. It's Sorry to you're going for. No, and and it's just, so so watching him shoot uh the 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 shots. It was also interesting <clears throat> he was taking pictures uh, both with like an old brownie or something, or you know, like some old Kodak uh, Bellows camera. Mm-hmm. But but he also was taking pictures with some you know five D kind of thing, right? Uh, which is interesting. It's kind of like, well, you're kind of going. It's like, why are you doing both of those? You know, like if if what you're going for is the weirdness that comes out of film, then why are you shooting the digital at all, or vice versa? Or if you're doing so much manipulation in the in in the computer, did you notice he said that he mentioned it at least twice? Uh, where he said, you know, basically my paintings come from, I manipulate the photographs to the point where they start to look like paintings pretty much on screen. And then Mm -hmm. I'm sort of translating those onto the canvas, Mm -hmm. um, which I, which I found interesting. So it's like, he's not working from the photograph. He's working from the manipulated photograph that got as close to the painting he's trying to get to as he could within reason. You know. Within reason. And I, yeah. and I will tell you, I mean, look, I, I do digital mock-ups of every piece and they're, it's different. It's, oh, you, sure. you, yeah, you don't get it to look exact. Yeah. You, know, but you get it in the ballpark. But it's interesting that in the old days, if somebody was using a photographic uh, thing, a lot of times they would just have, oh, it's this picture of, you know, say a girl sitting in front of a window, mm-hmm. which looks very little like the painting. It's just that because less manipulated source material, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, so it's just interesting watching Maybe, him do but, that. I mean, look, even even Degas used, you know, body parts from different pieces and Maybe. and composited them into new pieces. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. But I guess I guess there's doing more pre prep before mm-hmm, the painting mm-hmm. um, and, and watching him paint. He 
or I'm going to say something and, and you can disagree with me. It seems like a very lonely existence. Painting? His, the way that the guy, what's his name? Loic Zimmerman? Loic Zimmerman, who is also a fantastic artist, illustrator. Okay. Yeah, um, does a lot of concept art for film. He's, he's terrific in his own right, the okay. filmmaker. Uh, watching, watching his existence of, you know, getting up, feeding the cat, making coffee, like going into a dark room with like a light up on the ceiling. Like it just seems like a very um, solitary world, which I guess I get it, solitary man. But if, if it would, would you enjoy that existence? Take, take Um, the painting part out of it for a second. I experienced that existence for, for a number of years. And, 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 and it serves a purpose. Okay, yeah, I guess that's my question. It, I mean, it did for me. It served. Look, if if this is if this is what he needs or what he has has um, what he believes he needs yeah. to get the work done, then who am I to question that? No, I guess I'm not questioning it. I guess I'm just saying that he seems to be giving up a lot in order to make his paintings. Uh, you know? maybe, but maybe that's, maybe, maybe to him, that's why they're so important is, is because there is a cost. There yeah. is, there is an emotional cost. There is a social cost. There is, there is, uh, 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 perhaps even a well being cost, but it's worth that cost to get what he's got in his head out. Or, or he thinks that it's worth that cost, right? Like you could, I'm not saying that he well, necessarily way, is. If he believes it. I mean, we, if we believe it to an extent, it's true. Right. Yeah. 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 But, but it's I easy mean, to stand on the outside and go, well, you don't need to do that to get those. Well, but yeah, maybe he does. Well, maybe he does. But I guess I, I look at it from the outside as 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 great as I think most of his work is. I also kind of think, wow, like are, I worry that you're going to look back 20 years from now and say I spent 10 years in a dungeon when I should have been, you know, I don't know, interacting with other people and stuff. I, I will say that in the outside world, I, I only met him once uh, and it was at a gallery situation. Yeah. But very friendly. Very friendly. Yeah. Charming, in fact. And maybe that's where he gets his uh, gets that end of his juice, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also interesting watching him work where he'd like put paint up and then basically pull a uh, 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 like a, a knife across yep. it, you know. Yep. Um, where does that all, where does, where does, where did that all, bleh, where did all of that technique start? Do you know from a no painterly? Idea. Yeah. No idea. Is that a more modern way of thinking? Painting with a knife? I mean, I yeah. think people have been painting with a knife for a long time, okay. you know, but yeah. I don't know when it started. It's In also interesting that, when the, when he does the lights, he's basically removing paint as opposed to adding white paint. Right, right. Which, Which is, is kind of neat. Fascinating. Yeah. His, his process is both sort of additive and subtractive, um, but it ends up feeling the, the 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 depth and dimension that he gets in his work. I think belies the two dimensionality of the final piece, and in that yes. way, it's 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 remarkably effective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was fascinating watching him work. I wonder how quickly he actually works, because of course, when you're watching a documentary, it's you know sped. He's up pretty and, quick. I mean, he yeah. did a full painting. Uh, in in the in the the demo at the gallery. I mean, he's he's kind of a monster. What, like an hour or something like that? Uh, yeah, maybe hour and a half. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, a lot. You know the part where he like slushes all the paint off of his off of the uh, thing and sticks it on a big pile. Yep. Is that really like unusable paint? Depends on what he's trying to do. I would imagine. Okay, I just I, I saw that. I was goes like, wow, that seems a like it's paint. a. I was going to say that seems like a lot of paint to throw out. Yeah, but I I mean that technique. I mean, if, 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 for those of you listening, if you are a fan of that technique, there's another terrific uh, documentary called Gerhard Richter Painting. Sure. And, and Richter does this same type of thing of, of, of troweling on and then scraping off, but on a massive, massive scale. Yeah. And he's, he's pulling through multiple layers of paint to get to colors and textures underneath. Um, but... It, it's a fascinating process to watch because on some level, the only way that he knows what he's going to get is because he's done this a thousand times. Yeah. And he said that, right? He, you know, each, each a single flick of my knife, like one stroke is 10 years in the making, you know, and, right. and like, and right. you know. that it took 10 years to get that muscle memory to be able to go flink. Yeah, and exactly. then there's that that thing, whatever it is. A but isn't that true of like that's true of everyone? That's that's true of athletes. I don't think it's that's true. Of true that, that's true of athletes. That's true of 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 uh, uh, insurance adjusters who like can just like throw out a number because of experience. And you know what I mean? Isn't that true of everybody? I think it's in, I think it's experience plus intent. I I don't think repetition. Look, this is something that we've talked about yeah. before. Repetition does not necessarily beget improvement. I no, mean, I, but, I've been but, golfing since I was in high school, and I'm a crap golfer. You no, know, absolutely. But at this, yes, but you're not a professional golfer. I'm saying no, somebody. But I've, put the, I've put, I've played hundreds of games of golf, rounds of golf. Okay, yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is that, like, for anybody who is like, this is what I do. I am a. If you're Chris Connors and you're and you're a cook, right? You're a chef. It's like who the I just way, met up with, right? Aha. Well, he can, you know, he can cut a a tomato ten times faster than I can, and really accurately. Right. Because that's what he does. And he could stand there and say, yes, you know, me cutting this tomato is 10 years in the making. And that's true. Chris, that's I would also love to tr- see that. Just just as a side note, if you could have him put say together a little, <laughs> a just little, a little video. iPhone video, like yeah. real solemn yeah. in, in your yeah. chef's whites, you know, this tomato. I just hold it up to the camera and look at it for a minute. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is that sometimes I feel like we visual artists take on that mantle in a way that is is sort of like well yes but that's true of anybody who's a serious professional whatever it is they do they have a skill that took 20 years to master and that's why they can do it so easily Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but does that make it any less impressive or important to the work no but i think that it's sort of like yeah we get it you're a painter of course you can paint better than the guy who doesn't know how to paint you know like like yes i understand that but that's that's i I feel like that's universally true I took away from that something uh, on the other, a little different. I mean, I, okay. I, I took away from that, that he was, in, he was trying to communicate that on some level, I'm sick to death of doing this, but I had to do this to be able to do it with a flick of my finger. Like 10 years ago, it may have taken me an hour of trial and error or a half hour or whatever it is, but now I know uh, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah. I want to do and I just go, swink. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. You know, there was a, a do, you, do you know, a, a Fragonard painter, Fragonard? I uh, do not. OK, so Fragonard was was uh, 18th century, was was taught by Boucher, who was court painter to Louis XIV. And oh, Fragonard, yeah, yeah, you like this guy. Yeah, I do. He got so good at painting portraits that he could paint an entire portrait in less than an hour. Right. 
and would he, he got to a point where because he, he was very arrogant as well he would just sign the paintings frago he wouldn't even sign his whole name like i could you just i have to go on yeah. to the next thing i can't even be bothered with that. yeah i don't have time for this yeah but it was only because he'd put in you know how many hundreds or yeah, thousands it, of hours yeah yeah you know yeah absolutely and and i understand that and i i agree mm. i'm just saying that i think that it's sort of like it's i, I was listening to somebody process <clears throat> glib to you in some way no, it just came up. It came across as something that artists say all the time. That is sort of like, yeah, we've heard that before. It, like, I was listening to a screenwriting podcast last night, and one of the guys brought up the whole like, "We're not so different, you and I." You know, the evil guy right, says right. to the good guy, and it's like, yeah, that's such that's such like a cliche comment, and it's yes, it's technically true. And if we analyze their, you know, <laughs> what drives each, what Batman and the Joker or whatever it is, but like. I, I feel like I feel like that's a that the whole like it's taken ten years for me to be able to make this one stroke is something somebody said four hundred years ago and it's interesting that we keep saying it you know um, hmm. I just feel like we can come up with a better way of doing it I will say though that as far as like the film I I liked watching him paint I liked hearing him talk there were times in the film where it was two or three minutes seemingly of like weird sort of trancy electronica music of not really all that interesting stuff. Like, I feel like the pacing was a little weak in mm. the film. Um, like it was a little self-indulgent in that way. And that's not Mr. Man's fault. It's more the filmmaker's fault. Um, but, uh, but, but it's always fun watching somebody work, right? Isn't that kind of generally true? I um, love watching people work. Right. I, yeah. I will. I mean, even to the point where, you know, when we would go to like Santa Monica or Venice and there were, you know, the, 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 the guys that do like just the spray paint, like the spray can, yeah. you know, uh, starscapes or reflections. Or sure, sure. I would sit there just mesmerized watching these people. Yeah. yeah I yeah. love watching people make things. Well, it's like, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the, the British, now oh, the guy I like whose name I can't remember. The, the British guy you like. I could see John him. Cleese. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the British like uh, mentalist guy that I like. Uh, who's also a ridiculously good uh, painter. The British um, mentalist. Yeah, his name is Darren Brown. There we go. Darren Brown. Okay, I don't, and, I don't, uh, I don't and, know. And name. there's, but there's, it's, he, he has one of those things where he does the, you know, all right, you over there, like, think about somebody and I'm going to paint them, you know, like, and, and, oh, and you know, huh. and he does this whole thing where, uh, I'll, I'll find a video. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, he's just like, no, think about something, think about it, you know, and then, really concentrate and then Darren Brown's over the other side painting on this on like big swatches on this thing and you're like okay that looks nothing like uh the 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 crazy thing that you're talking about like whatever he's it doesn't even look like a person who is this and then of course at the last second he turns it over and it's actually a painting of Elvis you just didn't realize it because it was upside down while oh, he was painting right, it right 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 he's like one of those guys you know yeah, yeah yeah and it's a good it's a good effect but it's just like one of those things where you're like oh that's cute you know <laughs> there was a guy uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to that by the way there was a guy about a month ago at uh, you know the 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 courtyard between American Museum and the Portrait Gallery that that, that really beautiful yeah, covered yeah. little courtyard yeah. so they had they had a a, a celebration for for um, uh, Ella Fitzgerald's birthday. Okay. Um, and they had a painter there, a guy from Dallas. Did, they, did she show up? No. <laughs> uh, in spirit, she was there. Um, I think he was from Dallas, but he had his canvases on, 
a, a vertical easel, but it allowed him to spin the paintings 360 degrees. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was doing these live painting demos as the band was playing and just, you know, he would, he, would, he would paint one way and sometimes he would have two or three brushes in between his fingers and he'd be slamming on paint, spin the painting, paint more, spin the painting, paint more. And so it was, it was interesting because all the while he's painting, you're struggling to see which side is up and, and what is it going to be. And it, did, it wasn't, to your point a minute ago, it wasn't until just like the final moments where you're like, oh, okay, that's a portrait of, of yeah, yeah. Louis Armstrong or and that's it, a portrait of Ray Charles or whatever. It is fun, though, watching that kind of stuff because it, it's, it's as much theater as it is painting. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in some ways, arguably more so. Like, how, were, the, were the final paintings worthy of the level or was it part of the fun of just watching him paint it that were... I thought they were terrific. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, and they were big. They were four or five feet on a side. Yeah. You know? And he was really working the crowd and, and you know, it, they had a whole booth set up because paint was flying everywhere. It was, it was, it was a good time. It was a lot of do, fun. Do you think Jeremy is, is, feels hemmed in by the women and cityscape stuff? You know what I mean? Like that, that's what, that's what the market wants. And that's what I've been making a lot of for the past few years. You know, I, I wonder that about a lot of artists, musicians, photographers who yeah. become so well known for, for a singular style of work. It's gotta be very difficult to, to make that left turn and yeah. try something completely different because you know that your bread and butter comes from th- this body of work sure you know yeah. but you you have something in you that you want to go beyond this body of work well, and there's also examples of it you know across time go right. ahead but his his stuff is also it's definitely the cityscapes even more to, to me even more than the figures the cityscapes are the ones that really click for me Mm-hmm. Uh, personally yeah um and and i could imagine he's doing stuff and he does a cityscape and it like comes out really nice the first one he did whatever take 10 years ago or whatever the hell he did it and he's just like oh that's pretty good you know like that came out really great and he shows it to somebody and somebody else likes it and um and then and then he's sort of like oh well you know you could keep experimenting and trying new things and he, i'm sure he does i mean there's there's other objects and landscape paintings that are in here that I think are like a lot of the landscape ones are fine, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're nearly as strong as the cityscapes for some reason. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to ask him if his style is, has his style always been intentional or has his style evolved out of happenstance? Like did, 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 was there some other direction he was trying to go, but some happy accident? Into. Yeah. This is what he yeah. bumped into and he went, wow, now yeah. that works. Yeah, I think that that happens a lot. Um, I just put you know, and, and and could you even get that answer out of him? You know, or or does it have to be? Yeah, oh no, he, this is always where I wanted to go. Well, I mean, well, there's also the question of e- either does he really believe that, or does he feel like he needs to say that because it's if he said I, I don't have no idea what I'm doing, you know, right? Like that. Well, would no, be I don't. Bad I don't PR. mean to, that he has no idea what he's doing, but. <laughs> that this style wasn't initially where he wanted to go. Yeah, sure. You know, but I think that's, I think that's the case for, I mean, a lot of art just seems like it's, you know, what you went in for, like even the thing I did last night, this one actually happens to be pretty close to what I was kind of going for in the beginning, but there's plenty of times when I'll go into something that I have some big idea and then I go and I make it, it ends up nothing like what I was going for, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's even without, 
taking into account, you know, going into a completely different field of photography yeah. in some way. I, I would love to ask him about his his influences too, because it seems that there there are equal parts classical masters and people like you know Sid Mead. Uh, yeah. who did all the concept art. If you're not familiar with him, listeners, Sid B did a lot of the concept art for Blade Runner uh, and a lot of films in the sci-fi genre uh, in, the, in the 60s and 70s. Um, it's there's a lot yeah, of there's the city ones, yeah. You know, especially there's one, uh, uh, there's one of New York. Here, let me go to the site. I'll put, a, I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, the night stuff particular. Oh, here, 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 here. Times Square Lights. Um, okay. Which gallery. doesn't – yeah, it's in the Cityscape Gallery yep. midway in. Uh, it, it's got this very sort of sci-fi dystopian future feel to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, yeah. yeah, and that's definitely yeah where he's going, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But yes. then other ones, the, 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 like in the rain, daylight, dusk, they have this sort of almost uh, classical impressionist feel to them. So within this one style, I think he's able to to dance to to a number of of different beats, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and again, it's it's also, I think, not to not to just to be a little more generalized that there there could have been a hundred painters of his skill that that Jeremy and he happened upon this thing that like was like oh well this is kind of neat let's mm-hmm. let's go in this direction you know mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. where it's almost more of a a collective where art is at the time and he even says in the in the in the doc he says something along the lines of that 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 you know he's a figurative painter and that a lot of art when he was growing up and and in school was pushing away from figurative stuff but now there's sort of this renaissance of figurative painting without being hyper realistic, you know, mm-hmm. trying to find that line between abstract and like kind of straight figurative. It's still watching him paint, man, like especially the figure ones where there's detail in the person's face and stuff, but not a lot of detail in their clothes and stuff. It's so very Sargent to me. Like that, mm-hmm. that is, it's totally what, what I love about Sargent is like there's detail where there needs to be detail. And then there are flicks of, of yeah. paint where there needs it, to be It almost goes to like a tilt shift kind of kind of effect yeah. at the edges. It's like and and what's interesting about that is that it drives you as the viewer to look at what he thinks or she thinks is important. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, I'm going to tell you what's important cuz it's going to be in focus and have detail. The rest of it is 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 something else. Yeah. Um yeah, it's, it it was it was an interesting uh documentary. It was different than I expected it to be. Yeah. Um uh, it was I'm, I'm enjoying it. I've only got a few minutes left, but I'll, yeah. I'll finish it. Uh, uh, it was, I will it was tell you darker. That- there were people, they bought two of them on the spot at the gallery opening. The thing. paintings. Yeah. How much does he charge? Mm, I don't remember. I think they were 20 or 30. Thousand. Yeah. Oh, nice work if you can get it. Yeah. I think, I think that's what I remember, but I, I, could, be, I could be wrong. Oh. But they, I mean, they were also very, very big pieces. Yeah. It's also, I mean, with artists like that, it's sort of make hay while the sun shines, right? You know? Like, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, in, in 20 years time, will this still be sought after or 
you know, it, it's different. Tastes change, aesthetics change. Yeah. But if he sticks to this style, will that keep the value up because he hasn't changed his style, because he's been refining and working this particular style? I don't know. And, and I, I don't think anybody knows. No, I, but I, it's, it's almost a, a throw the dice. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, will, will he keep doing it? Maybe. Will the world still care? Maybe. Will, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's some four-way matrix that, that. Well, we've, I mean, we've talked about, and one of the, one of the examples that we've talked about that I kind of like going back to is Heisler. Heisler is immensely talented, but his stuff from the eighties looks like stuff from the eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, whereas somebody like say, I don't know, Dan Winters I feel like there's more of a consistency to his overall body of work. Yeah, but Dan Winters wasn't working way back in the 80s. I don't think he's – he's not as old as Heisler. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if 10 years from now, the stuff from Winters from the 90s – you know what I mean? Does it – yeah, has it held up or has it changed? Does it look very different from from where the aesthetics are? I will even say the – like the sort of the – and I – Dan Winters is one of my favorite photographers, so take everything I'm saying with like a devil's advocate kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But like his his ring light fill – you know, like that very sort of lit but unlit kind of look that he gets is beautiful and I love it. But when I look at it now, it feels less magical than it did when I first saw it five or six years ago. But is that because you've seen behind the curtain or because your aesthetics have changed? Is, um, is, it, is I, it that you know how it's done so you go, oh, okay. I think, I think part of it is that I know how it's done. I think part of it is that other people have really copied that look. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's become a little bit of the photographic zeitgeist kind of thing, you know. And yes, he was one of the first guys to do that kind of thing. I'm sure there were people before him. But, um, but I mean, and he's very particular about it. And that's what I love about him. Um, but, but I don't look at it and, and just kind of wonder and go, wow, that looks like nothing I've seen before mm-hmm. where now even like it, the, the t- pictures he's taking now don't look very different than the stuff that I saw in the periodicals book. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they, mm-hmm. he has his way of doing things and his way of doing things is lovely. And I take nothing away from it. And he's a monster, but like he's sticking with the way he does things, you know? Um, and 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 that that's interesting to me, but it's it 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 just goes to show you that any look can become mm, not common, but like uh, um, uh, generalized, maybe. Um, hmm. You know, and I mean, look when 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 impressionism started, you know, in eighteen seventy or whatever the hell it was. Uh, I mean, that stuff was revolutionary at the time. And now we look at impressionism and it's just like, eh, flowery flowers and flowers, you know, you know, but, but at the time that was like, it's like Stravinsky and, 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 and stuff that, that was so, (laughs) you even go back to Beethoven. It's like these people were like running out of theater screaming and, oh my God, it's the passion in the music and it's all sex and how dare they do this, you know, or the classic, uh, rite of spring, you know, where people ran out of the theater screaming because it was so terrifying and whatever it is. And it's like, okay, you listen to Ready to Spring now and it's still great. And the dancing, you know, the, the ballet was intense and whatever, but it, it certainly doesn't feel like a rock concert, mm-hmm. you know, things always change. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, certainly if I were, if, if I were somebody like him making that kind of money for individual pieces, I would do a bunch of them, keep selling them for that much money and just stock up all that cash so that I would have more freedom later, you know? You know, maybe we can put something in the show notes for next time. Okay. Um, 
there's another painter who is who is one of my favorite contemporary painters. Um, and it's it's here. Take a look at that. You'll see what I mean. It's similar in a way, but but very different in others. Andrew Salgado. Okay. Andrew Salgado. Um, another just incredibly talented painter. And if you look at at back through the various bodies of work, you'll see an evolution of his style that yeah. goes from from more sort of literal to more conceptual. Yeah. And I wonder if we can talk about that. Maybe sure. put it in the show notes for next yeah. time. Yeah, we, we can we can definitely do that. Although, you know, it's interesting. Just uh, like first look. Mm-hmm. I like the older stuff better than the newer stuff. I really like the stuff from like 2014. 2015 gets a little more abstract for me. Yeah. I still yeah, yeah. Have, have wild respect and admiration for his technique because sure. he's pushing and pushing and pushing. But uh, I think – the the very new stuff for for this year is it doesn't click with me as much as some of the work from early early 2015 and and yeah. further back. Well, you know, but incredible you, technique. Well, use him as an example though, and just think. All right, so you're an artist. You're trying to make a living as an artist, and everyone keeps telling you you got to try something new and you got to pu- keep pushing and all these things that we always say. And then you push and you push quote unquote too far. Mm-hmm. to where it becomes less interesting to the market. Even if it's more interesting to you, do you just say, well, you know what? The hell with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I find interesting to me. You know, people always say that, that you know, Picasso, which is, was, was as much a, a, he was a businessman as much as he was a, an artist. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Or Van Gogh was an artist and a terrible businessman. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I always find this stuff interesting. These are big canvases too. Yeah, yeah, they're big. 120 by 150. Is that inches or centimeters? Oh, centimeters. Okay. So they're not that. They're big. still they're six feet on a side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Still a lot of a lot of paint, man. Yeah, expensive. So yeah, maybe we can paint, put these. Uh, All right, I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, we can in uh, in there, and we can. We, I'll add some more stuff for next time because there there's a, a video documentary uh, about him and and the making of some of the work. I think from last year is when it was, and he was just finishing that body of work and starting this body of work for 2016. It's uh. Ooh. Yeah, we'll do that. That sounds okay. good. Uh, let's talk about our sponsor. Uh, you, you want to give me a <laughs> ss.com? I don't know. Are you going to delete it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's let's see. What's the what Squarespace? What what is their uh, what is their tagline this time? Man, they keep changing their tagline. They keep changing it. You can you can build it beautiful. You can set your website apart. You can just do it. No wait, not that's not them. No, that's not them. That's not them. Uh, yeah, set your website apart. Looks like what they're looks what like they're that's the now. current. That's yeah. the current. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, what are you going to do? They're monsters. They're the, the templates are getting, are getting, you know, more and more recognizable and more and more interesting. And, yep. you know, it's, uh, they, you can they spend have, a long time putting content into a Squarespace site. If you choose one of the more scrolly versions of the, of yes. the websites. I, and they, you know, they are very contemporary looking. I, if, if I had to pick a niggle about Squarespace. Yeah, what would it be? It would be the sharing, the older style sharing oh, okay. uh, icons, buttons that you know, like the old style Facebook button where they yeah, were the, yeah. the little pills, like the little chicklets. Yep, yep. Uh, you would prefer what? 
I, I would prefer something a little more and modern. They're they're on some of the templates. Um, I think Shift is one of the ones that uses the new style, where oh, it's so just, they're, the, they're just the, the flat icons. Yeah. Yeah, I like them integrated. The the earlier templates, and this was from probably like Squarespace 5.6, uh, they just feel kind of tacked on. Whereas the new ones, the new templates, they are integrating them in and, and you can choose sizes of them and colors and square or round. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I just like the integration. It feels it feels more like a complete package and less like, hey, let's tack on some sharing. I still can't believe that they even coded this stuff. It just blows my mind that they could actually make this work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. And if you've if you spent any time trying to uh, either install or customize a WordPress template and you're not familiar with PHP or CSS, yeah. you will you will have such respect for what yeah. these what these folks do. Yeah, and listen, uh, On Taking Pictures is brought to you by Squarespace, as you can follow. Squarespace. Uh, if, if you have a passion that you obsess over and it keeps you up at night, like Jeffrey, but, you know, an <laughs> but, obsession but not a, peeing. But in a healthy way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you live for it, you want to show it off, use, uh, you try out Squarespace. they got easy-to-use tools and templates. Squarespace websites help you capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. Uh, they look, as Jeffrey said, they're professionally designed and, and your site will look great regardless of your skill level as, as a user, no coding required. Although if you want to go in and use their crazy backend developer tools, you can go in there and do that. I haven't even gotten involved. Have you gotten involved with any of the developer stuff? No, I've done, you can uh, dive deep CSS if you want. customization. Yeah. I've done a bit of that too. Yeah. Nothing, nothing in terms of, of doing their dev kit. No, no, no. Yeah. That's, that's Cre- create your own template. Craziness. Yeah, no, 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 no. Jeffrey wakes up six years from now with his template that he <laughs> <Right>. worked on. <laughs> Hair even longer and more out of control than it already is. Is that possible? Oh. Intuitive and easy to use tools. You just yes. drag and drop images in. <laughs> <laughs> and you get a free domain name if you sign up for a year. So start your free trial at squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, use the promo code OTP. And you'll get 10% off your first purchase and uh, and you get to show your support for On Taking Pictures. So thank you very much, Squarespace, for supporting 5x5 and On Taking Pictures. Moving on. Uh, what, uh, what's next? Moving on. Let me get back here. Oh, uh, this has been kind of all over the place and, yep. and maybe rightfully so. I wanted to get your opinion. Uh, recently, uh, an NPR photographer and an interpreter were killed in Afghanistan. Okay. Um, David Gilkey, and I'm going to butcher this name, uh, Zabihula Tamana. Yeah, Z- Zabihula Tamana. Let's say. Tamana? Tamana. So, hey, tomato, tomato. Uh, according to the NPR article, they were on assignment for NPR traveling with an Afghan army unit. They were in an armored Humvee driven by a soldier of the Afghan National Army. All three were killed when the Humvee was hit by an RPG in an ambush, apparently. And it is it – is, it puts such a fine point on a couple things. Number one, how, how in many ways the world has become dangerous. True. Well, actually, the world is less dangerous than it's ever been, but there are places where it's extremely dangerous. Okay, fair, fair point, fair point. Uh, but to 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 some that need to put themselves in harm's way to share what they see with the rest of the world, 
is more important than the risk of being in harm's way. Yeah. And some people like people have said that they people get addicted to the adrenaline and, and being in the war zone. I mean, that's like a thing. Yeah. You know, going back to normal life after being shot at for two years is is a little humdrum. I, I would imagine and, and maybe this is a, 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 a series of conversations that could be interesting. I would imagine that being a combat photojournalist is not unlike being a soldier on the front lines in that you are you are there are those who are driven by that conflict by that adrenaline by that danger by that adventure whatever whatever word you need to put in there and to your point coming back to quote unquote normal life of house and garden home in the city yeah it doesn't work yeah i i i don't know that i could I couldn't I couldn't live that crazy life period but like beyond that yeah coming back is next to impossible. And mm-hmm. he says here in 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 this article there's a quote from him it said it's not just about recording it's not just about taking pictures it's do these visuals and do these stories do they change somebody's mind enough to take action. Mm-hmm. Now if that mm-hmm. if that's what his drive was right does it matter what the answer to that question is? Would he still take those pictures if it didn't make a dang bit of difference? Well, on some level, there's no way for him to know whether it's made a difference. Exactly. And, and, and you can almost – you can fantasize pro or con whether or not no one cared or whether everyone cared who saw the picture and it you know, changed the world, right? You know? mm-hmm. But we have mm-hmm. no way to measure any of that stuff. Um, it is it's, – it's, I mean, look, we, there is so much – I guess this is the other problem with having so much media all the time is that we have so many pictures of war. You know, back in the day, if, if there were pictures from World War II or pictures from Vietnam and they were in Life magazine and everyone saw them in Life magazine and you saw a dozen pictures a week or month, that's, that's one thing. But mm-hmm. now we see hundreds of pictures of war a day, you know, yeah. if you read the newspaper. And, and, you, and, and you think or, or look at Facebook or follow any of this kind of stuff, it's like, at what point are, is is it just more visual noise of like, oh, look, chaos and, and horror and death, you know? But like, what the hell can I do about it? Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't in my country. And like, it's like, you know. Uh, he, he says, it's not like you put the camera to your face and therefore it makes what you're seeing okay. But certainly you can put yourself in a zone, David said. Yep. It's hard, but you can't get caught up in it and become a part of it. You still need to maintain your state of mind that you are helping tell this story. You know, it's the whole, do I put the camera down to help the guy get across the road out of the way of the guns, you know? Well, I, I would love to talk to some of these people from the standpoint of the following. Right now, they feel that what they are doing is remarkably important. And it is. It is remarkably important. But I, 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 I when I read articles like this, when I, when I read quotes by, by folks like this, I go back to the Don McCullen interview where he, he has come to the realization late in his life that he wasted 50 years of his life documenting pain, suffering, war, famine, etc., etc. Yes. That the, and he says in, in one of the interviews, he says, the last thing someone who's lying on a stretcher dying needs is a camera in their face. Yeah. But I was there to do a job. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, but I guess, don't we all look at what we're doing and think it's important at the time and could change our mind later? 
you know? Maybe, but there is nothing that I am doing currently that is... But do you think it's the right thing that you should be, you should be spending your time on? I do think I should be spending my time on it, but I, I wouldn't presume to think that what I'm doing is on the same level of importance as telling a story of conflict or famine or drought or, or on the other side of it, uh, exposing a new cure for, you know, it, on, on, the, on the continuum or, or on, the, on the hierarchy of, of importance, what I'm doing, yes, might have impact on some people, but it's not, it's not as important. Right. I don't think. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe to someone it is. Maybe to someone hearing something that we say or listening to a conversation that I've had with someone is, is the, the inspiration or the push that they need and it changes their life. And if that has happened, I'm humbled and thankful to be a part of it. Right. But there, there is so much more, I think, direct response to work like like this. Um, I mean, this this guy is, you know, he was one of the most well-respected and well-honored photojournalists in the business. Yeah. yeah. And and was for years, you yeah. know. Um, I, 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 I have so much respect for people that do this kind of work because I just couldn't do it. I could no. not do it. Well, it's like when we talked about, what, in episode 30 or 40, the, what was the... Was it Witness? Which, what was the HBO yeah, show? Yeah, the HBO show. Yeah, sure. Ugh. You know, you see these people leaving in Juarez, Mexico, and you're like, screw that. Get across right. that border. Right. You know, uh, I will put a link to that one more time for people who haven't seen yeah. it. It's a HBO uh, documentary series on war photographers. There is also a, 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 I, it links to it in the article, but there's a YouTube video of him talking about uh, uh, the, the covering the uh the haiti or the earthquake in haiti yep uh and he talks about um the experiences and and the craft of photography and and you know what photography means to being able to share these kinds of stories it's it's pretty good it's pretty good oh the youtube video got it yeah yeah i will put a link to it too done it's good yeah that's upsetting uh hey uh what did you uh <laughs> you put this one in this has been going around too I, did, I didn't put this in. You sure you didn't? Or did I? Did I? I think you did. I didn't put it in. Maybe I did. The uh, It was the, pretty funny though. Oh, yeah, I did. Okay, this is the, the, the road the show High school thing. art thing, yeah. Yeah. So, you, hey, uh, it, re- remember that, that elephant lamp that you made in high school pottery or the, you know, the, uh, the vase slash bong <laughs> yeah. that you made in, in shop class or something? Yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, uh a, a, a high school art project made in the seventies, a ceramics project, was uh, was valued at fifty thousand dollars yep. on Antiques Roadshow. They thought it was a late nineteenth or early twentieth century piece. Probably its origins, the coast of the United States, maybe the middle Atlantic states heading southward. Estimated value is a little difficult. I think in a retail setting, someone might ought, uh, might ask in the area of thirty to fifty thousand dollars for this. <laughs> the owner of Stoner said, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> And also, no. no. Uh, yeah, it turns out that it was grotesque face jug wasn't a 100-year-old artifact, but the work of a creative high school student circa 1973. And by creative, they mean high. Yeah. Wah, wah. <laughs> Did you go to school with that girl? 
Um, she, however, has become a potter, hasn't she? The woman, the artist. Oh, uh, yeah, B- Betsy Sewell. Sewell. Yeah. Uh, Pretty funny. Yeah, I look. This is the problem with a lot of. Oh this no, stuff. she's she is a she is not a potter. She is she's a not. horse trainer. Oh, okay. Um, Close though. But but I but I I look at this kind of stuff and I go, see, this is why I don't trust when anybody says either something's. Oh, this is good, and if you don't like it, you're out of your mind, or, or you know, or oh, this this is worth X amount. It's just like everyone's just making this crap up, you know. Right. This is like, and and it's not like Antiques Roadshow is some like on the edge of the art world. It's like talk about conservative, you know. Well, you know, we're looking at this chair from you know, the eighteen twenty, and it's worth this much. I don't know. It's just interesting that somebody could be so wrong. I wonder if that. I wonder if the guy who. Uh, yeah, look, a little bit like Pablo Picasso going on here. Uh-huh. <laughs> or Sid and Marty Croft, either way. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, it's much It's much closer to the 1970s stuff, yeah. God, creepy, actually. Man, if, if, that, if that girl made that thing in my class, I'd be like, something wrong with you. Look at the eyes all stitched up. That's, I kind of like it, actually. You like I, that? I would, I would completely uh, and, and without hesitation display that in my house. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, that freaks me out. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little weird. Uh, yeah, don't don't trust experts is what this what this is the moral of this story is. Right. Um, hey, so uh, Muhammad Ali died. Yes. And uh, in the last week, we have seen a billion photos of Muhammad Ali. At least I have. Um, well, he was so incredibly charismatic. Yes, and it seemed, seemingly everyone took pictures of. Muhammad Ali, like all the photographers of that day. Um, and, and some of them are just really, really lovely. The classic is of course the, the Ali shot of him standing over uh Sonny Liston. Yeah. You know, where he knocks him down yeah. and is like, like, get up. Yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. on. You know? And, uh, he even says, so there's an article in the New York, uh, Washington post rather about, uh, Neil Lifer's shot of this. And, and he said, luck has so much to do with great photography uh, Neil seems to wear it as a mantle, uh, as if touched by a magic wand. Case in point, his famous picture of Muhammad Ali standing over fallen Sunny Liston in Lewiston, Maine. By the way, I've been to Lewiston, Maine. I don't know how the hell they ended up doing a boxing match in Lewiston, Maine. It's a tiny town. Anyway. Uh, Wait, what year was this? 1965, May of 65. Uh, so this was prior to the Vietnam of him. This was prior to him losing his license, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Because when he got it back, where was the fight when he got it back? Um, it was. Uh, I don't know. You have to find that one out. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. Uh, but it's just it's just amazing that he said in Lewiston. Uh, yeah. Okay. The knockout happened exactly where I wanted it, and my only thought was, "Stay right here, Sonny. Don't don't get up." Part of a part of a successful photographer is being lucky enough to be in the right spot at the right time, like I was. But a more important part is not missing it when you're in that spot. I got very lucky in the Ali Liston fight, but what I'm proudest of is that I didn't miss it. <laughs> I like the fact that he's just like, I had my chance and I actually pressed the button at the right time and right, didn't screw right. up. Don't screw up. Right. Um, but uh, the, I, the, anyway, the point is that I'll, I'll put a link to this because it's kind of an interesting article. But there's also a, a bunch of photographs of 
uh, Ollie all over the place, including uh, a GQ article where Neil Leifer's talking about that picture and a lot of other ones that he took of Ollie, including if you scroll down in that link, Jeffrey, there's a picture of him taking pictures of Ollie. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that uh, recently. Yeah. Uh, which is not that long ago. He looks like he's kind of, it seems like Ollie in the last few years uh, kind of got a bit more, got really gaunt. Oh, this is from 1998. So that must've been a long time ago. Yeah. That shot. Uh, here's um, a, another link I just added to the show notes. It's uh, Gordon Parks has a series, a bunch of oh, series yep. of photos on, on Ollie on his website, on, yeah, the, on which, the foundation site. Again, you can't go wrong with. Yeah. Uh, just lovely, lovely work. seems like he had a lot of photographers around him all the time. And, and there's a lot of really great photographs. There's, there's a, so there's a, one more link I'll put in the show notes is a, a Sports Illustrated put together the, uh, what they say are the 100 greatest photos of Muhammad Ali uh, and some of them are the great photos and some of them are like, Oh, that's funny. Uh, who the, did the, the one where he's got his, his fist out and his fist is out of focus. Yeah. I was trying to figure that one out. I think it may have been, uh, you know, it may have been, what's his name? Uh, Oh God, what was his name? Uh, Marvin Newman, maybe, uh, Marvin Newman, Ollie. Let's see. Let's see. It's a black we're... and white. Is it even, it's not even in this one. It's not even in this Sports Illustrated so far. Yeah, well, yeah, there's a hundred pictures and there's a lot. Yeah, it could, I think it, could, it might have been Marvin Newman. Anyway, we'll we'll find out. But it is really fun just looking through all the different pictures of him. And man, how many pictures of him, Jeffrey, are there where, where he's got his, like, the fist up, the, the fake punch, you know, mm-hmm. the classic. Now everyone seems to do it with Stallone, right? Where it's like Stallone knocking him out. <laughs> It's also crazy how much racism was involved in all that stuff. You know, great white hope and all that crap, you know, where it's like, we can't have a black man holding the, 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 the crown and all that kind of stuff. It's crazy. The yeah, world these these has are changed. fantastic photographs. Yeah. A lot of those ones in the SI thing are lifer photos too. Uh, like a lot of them. Plus the, 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 what I argue is like the best picture ever taken, which is the straight down best yeah, sports over the picture ring. ever. Yeah. 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 That is that is the it's uh, number sixteen in this thing and I'll link straight to that. Uh, th- in my opinion, the best sports picture of all time. I love that one, just so good. Plus, look at the guy laying down. Williams is like on the floor, sort of spread eagle, but also looks like he's saying "I won." You know, so it's mm-hmm. like it's got multiple dimensions on it. You know, I, I wonder. You look at you look at photos of him in his prime, and he was in fantastic shape, no doubt. But not like today. Not like today. You yeah. look at some of the boxers today, and I wonder, is it, is it one thing, or is it a combination of different training, dietary uh, I think changes, diet probably has supplements, changed a lot. Oh, yeah, uh, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Although it's interesting because when he's, when he's like at fighting weight in the mid-60s, he is a very um, standard, like platonic standard of what we imagine as like boxer. Right. Like, you know, he's 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 in shape, but he's not like cut like Captain America. But right. he, but he's but he's but he's but he's got like bulk to him. And stuff, no, he's you know? in, again, not dis, no disrespect. He's in fantastic shape. But I think yeah. you just said it. It's he doesn't feel as cut as some modern athletes yeah. do. Well, and that's that's all training stuff. Right. I mean, look at look at all the guys. Look at Mickey Mantle did not look like Jose Canseco you right. know? or or any of whoever or, the you know, big guys are. Man, Babe Ruth was like, you know, used to eat like three meals for dinner, you know. Um, 
Yeah, it's just it's just it's it's a different world. You couldn't you couldn't exist in that kind of world now. Mm-hmm. Uh, being like a fat baseball player, it's, it's not going to happen. You know, they all got to be like they're doing seven hundred sit ups a day. It's crazy, uh, but it's good. Samsung's making a flexible phone. Hey, you know what? Can I just what? say, you know, f you two thousand sixteen. <laughs> I'm Wait, tired of all these people dying. Oh, dying, yeah. You know. Ugh. I wonder if it actually is more people or we're just think feels like it is. Or, I think it's, you know. it's probably just, you know, media and we feel yeah. like there, there is. Does the world need a flexible phone? I don't think so. It's interesting tech. Uh, this, this promo for Samsung apparently working on a flexible phone. This was from 2014, but this promo is so cheesy. Well, yeah, well, it's Samsung. I guess uh, I, I'm I'm questioning where tech is going. Uh, at Google I/O, uh, they were talking about uh, the modular phone that has been. It started out as a Kickstarter project, and then there was there was no movement on it for a year or so, uh, and then somebody else picked up the idea of a modular phone where you could, in theory, the idea of it was you could replace multiple different modules so if uh if uh if if you wanted to make it faster for example you could swap out the cpu module or you could swap out a camera module or uh you could uh pop out one battery and pop in a larger battery and it just never really materialized um isn't part of the problem that phone manufacturers don't want you swapping out parts to make your old phone new again well, that's the thing, right? Is it's, is it's completely against their economic right? Yeah. Now, one of the things that has come out in the last couple of weeks about about Apple, for example, is they are going to a three year revision. Well, that, they haven't said that. That's like sort of a rumor, right? But yeah, more and more steam that 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 the big versions of the phones are going to be every three years. And then in the interim, you're going to get the SEs or the S's or yeah. the sort of uh, incremental updates. Well, part of that is that these things are just like uh, uh, digital SLRs, right? These are wholly and completely already where they need to be, right? You yeah. know, it's like yeah. the, the, the incremental improvement of this and a digital like is there anything really wrong with any of our cameras right, right now you know like no like yeah I, there's I, things you could do about i will them, say but. i hope the rumor about next year's phone being and next year's iphone being entirely glass are false why you don't like the glass phones you don't no. want to go back to the original the iphone 4 not unless they which in my argument dramatic. was the best looking iphone of all time i, I agree not not unless they get dramatically better at producing scratch resistant glass. <laughs> I, I I handle my phone with absolute kid gloves. It's had a case on it uh, since the day I bought it, uh, but somehow there Still is scratched up. There is a scratch on the on the front face that you can feel when you run your thumb perpendicular to it. You can actually feel like a little tick tick tick. Yeah, it's like. And that bothers you, doesn't it? It drives me absolutely batty. Yeah. How do, how do you even eat or sleep with something like that in your life? It's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult. It's really hard being you, isn't it? It's You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's the whole solution for a problem that doesn't exist. It drives me yeah. crazy. Yeah. I, I think I'm becoming a really old man. 
well, I think you've always been an old man. You just yeah. now have an excuse to accept it. Yeah, it's true. A friend I, of mine came over the other night, and she was just like, uh, what we were talking about, we had a few friends over, and one of them, I was talking about something about my stereo and how I would set things up differently, and and, and and the girl was like, can I listen to Lemonade on this thing? And I was like, uh, sure. What does that mean? The, it, well, it's, well, you're obviously outside of the loop, uh, which is the new Beyonce record. Oh, right. Yes, and Beyonce. I have, I have listened to the whole Beyonce record, and I thought it was terrible. She's what was that song that she, uh, the sis, uh, sisters something? You, no, you, right over my single head. single sisters oh, single Sing, ladies single ladies. Well, that is a catchy song, is it? Yes, that's that is a catchy song. I know it by uh, title, and I know it was a big song, right? Yeah, I don't uh, actually know. Any, you don't know that song. I don't know any. I, well, I don't listen to the radio. I, li- yeah. I mean, I listen to like WAMU, and I listen to classical stations, but I don't really listen to pop radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just it. It's really interesting to me when you have albums and songs that are written by six pe- songs written by six people. It's like, what do they all take a verse? Exactly. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, oh man, like there's no, I, I'm all for collaboration, but at a certain point, it's like, it needs to be at least one of theirs vision that the other people like help out on. But this whole like building art by committee all the time, it's like you end up with Marvel movies, you know? Um, I'm going to get lots of email for that one. Marvel movies. Yeah. You saw the new one, didn't you? Uh, no. Is it the Civil War? Yeah. No, yeah. I have not seen it. Yeah. I did, but I didn't see the the uh, 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 Winter Soldier. I didn't see that either. Oh, it's funny because I think that the the Captain America movies are the best of the Marvel movies, in my opinion. But uh, I I want to see Dare uh, not Daredevil, uh, uh, Deadpool. I Deadpool. have not seen that, and I really want to see it. Deadpool is like, very I funny, like some uh, Ryan very Reynolds. very irreverent. Yeah, well, I, I still think that Van Wilder is a very funny movie. I do too. I, I uh, love Ryan Reynolds. So, how'd we do on the uh, on the uh, assignment from last week? Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. Real energy was the last one. Uh, Andrew O'Hara, right off the that bat, that is a great shot. Yeah, Brighton Beach, uh, uh, carousel going around, uh, uh, slow shutter. Man, half half second handheld. You did a terrific job on that one, Andrew. Well, Emma's picture of the uh, the uh, uh, waves coming over the the. The wall, you see that black and white yep, one down yep. a little bit. That's fancy. Uh, Max Nex, cowboy kind of magic hour going through the water on horseback. Damn, that's a nice picture. You uh, is is that you on the on the on the horse? I wish I wish that that was me. I, you know, I got a I got a soft spot for the cowboy, the the, the American West. Yeah, do, I love do you the American. See yourself West. a cowboy? No, hmm. no, but I would I would love to eventually retire back to the American West. There's something absolutely magical about, about I it. I think that there is, although I do think that the, the cowboy myth is just that, you know, uh, I, I don't agree with that. I think that there are a lot of, a lot of cowboys still in America. There certainly aren't as many as there were, but there are still people for whom that lifestyle and that's the spirit of that lifestyle are still very much part of their reality. Yeah. All right. We can, we can, I like uh Dwayne's picture of the woman like just dead to the world on the ground. The, the, uh, yeah. what is she? Yeah. A shot put maybe. What is it? What is the other thing you throw? Oh, with, with the, with the, the chain little, or something. Yeah. It's is got there, like a handle on it. 
Yeah, what the hell is Not that a handle, thing? But like, like no. hammer throw or something? Yeah, what maybe a it? hammer throw. That's uh that seems terrifying. Um, Mitch's yeah. picture of the waterfall is lovely. Yep. Hey, uh, if if those of you listening, if you if you want to see some really fantastic portraits of modern cowboys, uh, a guy called Rob Kendrick did a series of tin type photographs. He he uh, had a mobile darkroom, crisscrossed the United States. I think he drove between 40 and 50,000 miles uh, making photographs, making portraits of modern cowboys. Look, look him up. Rob Kendrick is his name. Terrific Rob set of photos. Kendrick. Yeah. I will put one in. Uh, yeah. Waterfalls. Good. Both uh, Mitch and Millie. Um, Gardner took the camera to work as it's all about energy from the 2.5 kilowatt generator. To the rooftop solar panels. Yeah, the, 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 the black and white one in the middle is the best of these. I think that's awesome. Wow. Yeah, that's a monster machine. That's uh, a big Waterfall room. in Australia. Uh, Johan, gorgeous. Krimler Falls in Salzburg, Austria. I'm sorry, Austria, not Australia. Duh. Uh, that's beautiful. Okay, Wayne's picture of the guy standing on the other guy's back to get the picture is amazing. Wait. Where am I at? Where is that? Uh, scroll down a little bit. June oh, yeah. <laughs> that's nice. You missed it for a second, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's nice. <laughs> uh, so lots of really terrific photos in here. Yeah. Um, Roger, nice picture of that train. in Oh, Manassas. Oh, you're, you're, you're right up the road from me, Roger. I like Manassas. You've been out there? Have you been to? I have been there a couple times. Uh, Hugh lives out there. Uh, and, well, have and you been to the battlefield, I mean? Uh, no. Oh, you no. should go. I've driven through it, uh, on the way to the Jiffy Lube arena a couple times and then, uh, to Hugh's house. It is, uh, it is a lovely, um, it's a lovely place to walk around. I, I imagine it would be. I would like to see it. Uh, late entry for, uh, a still life. Um, Jen's road. Terrific. Um, man, there's a lot of stuff in here. Oh, uh, some crit wall stuff. Let's add this to the next show. Okay. Uh, Gardner. Um, who else? Somebody else posted one. Hmm. Maybe Harshberger. Was that him? Anyway. Uh, so yeah, so some really good stuff. Uh, next one, uh, uh, Dirty is the next one. It comes to us from, we got a text about this or, or a tw- tweet. tweet. Somebody recommended Dirty. Dirty, yeah, and it wasn't Freddie Clark. Hmm. Was it? Oh, was uh, but, it? But was but it? And Frey Ark Clay. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, it was Frederick Clerk. Um, <laughs> suspicious. Uh, Freddie, that shot of the gentleman Jack, whiskey and cigars. These two just go. To, that's a terrific shot, Fred. Well done. Oh, where the things flipping out of the yeah, glass. Yeah, you you are you are really upping your game, and I love seeing it happen. Keep yep. them coming. Good stuff. Uh, so dirty, dirty, right, dirty, dirty. But uh, please keep them. You know, hey, if, if they're not safe for work, maybe maybe post something that's not safe for like a, a banner, and and then make it the second one in the series. Yeah, you know, like okay, post two photos. Yep. Uh, I don't mind that you post them, but but lots of people that that are in the group are looking at work, and I'd, I'd hate to get them in trouble. Hey, let me ask you a question. Uh, Jason Martin yeah. took some pictures here on the crit wall that are, well, really lovely. But 
there's the girl down in the LA River, like yeah. with roller skates. Is when there isn't a lot of water flowing, do you have to like climb over walls? Is that a, are you allowed to go Depends down there? Is that illegal? You um, typically, you are not supposed to be down there. By the way, uh, one last entry: Johan uh, Troher Tyrol, Troyer Tyrol. Yep. That shot of the outhouse is fantastic. Let me find. Love that. One. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, um, you're not supposed to go down there. Uh, there are parts of the LA river where you don't want to be down there. Yeah. Um, for a number of reasons, but I think by and large, it depends on where you go. I've only been down there one time. Oh, really? Yeah. All your years there, you only went down there once. Okay. Uh, Actually down into, you know, the river basin proper. And it's not, it's a spillway. It's not really a river. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a nice shot, though. I like that a lot. I like the the degree of of depth of field that we can still make out. That that's is that the Sixth Street Bridge back there? You are asking the wrong guy. Looks like maybe it's a Sixth Street Bridge, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it's it's neat down there. I know a lot of people who go down there and and do so. There there are also organized trips that uh, that you can take down in there, but I don't I don't think by and large you're allowed to just go wander around. Okay, that's what I was asking. Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. Uh, Photographer of the week. It's up to you. Yeah. These are really nice though. Yep. Well, she's got some great work. Her tattoos. You like the tattoos. I like well done tattoos. Uh, Actually, I take that back. I I like either really well done tattoos or really super just not, not cheesy, but, but very like simple graphic tattoos. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, anyway. Okay. So <clears throat> sorry about that. Mm. I don't have any water. Oh, I've got a little bit of espresso left. Hold on. Right. Mm. Better. Sorry. Espresso. Yuck. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Here's photographer of the week. You're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to force feed you Ugh. lattes until your head explodes. You're going to, you're going to want to make me vomit. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. What do you got? All right. So, uh, photographer of the week. Uh, because be, thank you for letting me move who we had yep. to next week. We bumped who we were going to have because I got a chance to talk to Nick Brandt. So Nick Brandt is our photographer of the week. And you can find his work at nickbrandt.com. That's N-I-C-K-B-R-A-N-D-T.com for those who don't read the show notes. Nick has been photographing since 2000. He did a series of three books. The first book was called On This Earth – the second book was called A Shadow Falls. The third book is called Across the Ravaged Land. And if you put them all together, it completes the sentence, on this earth, a shadow falls across the ravaged land. And right. they were designed to be uh, – the, the entire project was designed to be a trilogy. Uh, he, is, he is most well known for gorgeous portraits of animals. He photographs almost exclusively in East Africa. Uh, much of his work is in a park called Amboseli. Uh, and and it's where he does m- much of his work. And <clears throat> excuse me, Nick Nick treats his work not like wildlife photography, but more like portraiture. In fact, he he is he is of the belief that that we are not so separate. We are not so different humans and animals. And uh, there's a really interesting discussion about um, anthropomorphizing of of animals in his photographs and we we got 
into a really nice discussion about it uh, in the show. So listen to that when it comes out. But um, I, I love his work. And uh, he shoots a lot of infrared or has shot infrared, all film. Um, I was going to say a lot of these look <clears throat> look very processed. You're saying they're not? They are not. It is film. Wow. Okay. Medium format, uh, by and large with two lenses, not extreme telephotos. He shoots with, uh, I think he shoots with an 80 and a 135, if memory serves. Okay. So he's very close to these animals. Yeah. Uh, and will find a particular animal whose facial features or whose mannerisms that he likes or that resonate with him and he will, he will wait and follow and watch and sometimes take weeks to get a single shot of, of this particular animal or a particular pride or a particular uh, uh, herd. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I just can't say enough good stuff about it. And, and so his, his latest project is called Inherit the Dust. And for this project – he, he printed out full-scale images of some of his previous work. So life-size print of an elephant, multiple panels, obviously, but, but made aluminum frames or had aluminum frames made and trekked these life-size portraits across East Africa and placed them in the environment where the animal would have roamed and photographed them against the backdrop of urbanization or, or uh, environmental disaster or right. globalization to show the effects. And in some cases, the changes have become so dramatic so quickly that they weren't prepared for, for how quickly the African landscape has changed and how quickly these animals are vanishing. There, there is a, there's a shot in – I want to say it's in – um, across the ravaged land. It's a shot of, of uh, these park rangers, which he set up a foundation. He established, co-founded a foundation called uh, Big Life. And they hire rangers to patrol and protect the, uh, the animals once they leave the state park, They're, right. once they leave Amboseli. And he did a, f- a photo in, I believe, 2008, he said it was, and it's a, it's a line of, it's an elephant line crossing the plains. And here, let me, let me show you this one. Uh, he went back and these elephants had all been killed and he photographed the rangers from Big Life in the oh, same yeah. elephant line holding these massive tusks up at their sides. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he has said that, that, there are no longer any elephants in Africa with tusks this large. They've all been killed. For what? Yeah. I, uh, for, for some trinket so to buy in a market in wherever. Yeah. Um, so his, 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 his work is absolutely phenomenal, as is his commitment to bringing about change. Yep. You said that some people thought that these were faked. These, uh, the yeah, pictures. When, he, when he showed these, uh, one of the reactions to them was that, that he had simply photoshopped in the, uh, the panels. Right. Like he had gone back to, to Africa and, and taken these, these panoramas and then just come back and simply photoshopped in the, uh, 
the panels. And when when he did the project, uh, and he'll talk he talks about this in our conversation. There there was a very strict ban on taking any behind the scenes. He didn't. He doesn't like behind the scenes. He he really likes the mystery of creation and 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 values the mystery of of putting these types of projects together and and then and then sort of releasing them into the world as completed projects, not as as sort of piecemeal projects. Right. Uh, but thankfully, somebody on the team managed to get a couple shots of. Uh, behind the scenes of some of these images in transport, iPhone shots, and he took a couple for himself because people just didn't believe that, that they were real. Oh, yeah, I see. Uh, They're at the end of the series. They have some of the pictures of them moving them in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy. And and some of the stuff is, is it's hard. It's interesting because his pictures in general, just looking at them um, – the lighting almost does feel surreal, and but you notice that it's almost always overcast mm-hmm. in the pictures, or so very dramatic cloud cover. Right, but he's looking for that very like shadow, like that uh, super soft light. It's like everything is under a soft box, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely the way he works. Yeah, he doesn't go out there when it's nice clear skies. And it's 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 a fascinating conversation. Again, not only not only about the work, but about his commitment to to what the work represents or yep. what he hopes the work represents. It's beautiful um, stuff. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. So Nick Brandt, Good one. Uh, he will be in, okay, let me get this right. Uh, look three. Uh, Nick Brandt. I should have had this bookmarked. I'm sorry. Okay. So he will be at look three, which is a, uh, uh, um, a photo event in photo festival in, I want to say Charlottesville. I believe it's Charlottesville. Wait, did yes. that already happen? Is that happening next, next June week? 16th? Yeah. 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 So those week. of you who are, who are on the East coast and can make it, uh, June 16th artist talk, Nick Brandt, Vicki Goldberg, uh, 7.30 p.m., the Paramount Theater in Charlottesville, Virginia, here. Let me paste this in, if you don't mind. Yep. I'll, uh, uh, yeah, I got it. Look uh, three. Yeah, there you go. I got it. Um, tickets, I don't remember how much tickets are. I th- think they're $20, $30, something like that. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, so- yeah. Buy tickets. I think it might be more than that. I think it's like a hundred and something dollars, isn't it? No, oh, for you the, can buy for the individual events. Yeah, you can it. buy yeah, individual yeah. events. Okay. Um, I am going to try to go down there and and see it. Okay, thirty five dollars for Nick's talk. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try and go down and see it and and meet Do up. They with film him. these things. Do you know? I don't know if they will. I, I I sent an email to the organizers and asked for some more details, uh, but. Uh, you know, if you can make it cool, uh, certainly listen to the next PD because it'll it'll be interesting. And uh, I'm I'm trying to f- figure out if maybe we can do another one or maybe an in person event when I go out to the West Coast to visit some friends. Um, you know, it's one of the things I I want to start doing. I think that's the next evolution of of where PD is going is is doing in person because it, it's there's a different dynamic. Yes, I agree. There's a very different dynamic that happens in person. And I would like to do that, although that's much more time, much more expense. So, you know, 
I don't know how that's going to play out. Well, I'll, I'll try and figure that out. But I would like to do in-person things. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. So there you go. Nick Brown, what do you think of this? You like it? Uh, I do. I, I like his work a lot. It feels otherworldly to me, mm-hmm. but I love the toning of it all. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I, I am as fascinated by the technical aspects of his photographs as I am about the, the, the content, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's not discounting either of them. It's just sort right. of like, Oh, I find that fascinating. And I'm like, but how the hell did he get that look? You know what I mean? Like I get yeah. both of those. Yeah. It's, it's uh, interesting, man. And, and just the, the scale, you know, sending someone back to London with, you know, 200 rolls of film every few months to make right. sure that everything was on track. Yeah, I would love to see the workflow once that film gets back. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it's like, oh, that's really interesting. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Um, anything else? Hmm. I don't know. Anything else? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to think if there's anything else. I don't think so. All right. Well, we'll be, be, be back next week. Oh, there's a new Ask Bill and Dan where we talk about vintage lenses versus modern lenses. And we talk about a guy who... Do you uh, have any vintage lenses? Do you have any like the Petzval lenses? No, I do not. Yeah. Um, but even even talking about, say, like old Pentax lenses with an adapter on a modern camera, like that kind of, you know, or your mm-hmm. old, even Canon FD or old, old Nikon F stuff from the 70s, you know, um, using those on modern cameras now. And, uh, and, and the advantages or disadvantages of those. And then, uh, another listener, Johan, actually a listener of this show, uh, is, 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 is trying to use a 36 megapixel camera on a now five or six year old MacBook pro. And it's having a hard time. Oh, I bet. And it's I just bet. one of those things where it's like you, people upgrade their cameras and they don't realize that everything along the rest of the workflow has to keep going too. Right, you know, right. That whole chain needs to yep. go. Hey, I've got my, uh, and have for a few weeks now have my, my Nikon 50 mil 1.8 E okay. on my X pro. And, and how, I love it. Where'd you get the, uh, so that, so it acts like an 85 on there, right? Uh, something like that. Well, Yes, close. 70 75. Something. I don't know yeah. what the crop factor is. Yeah. Um, so I got a little Fuji adapter. Okay. A little Nikon to Fuji adapter. You're saying you like it better than. Uh, I like it. You know what I like better about it? In in, It's very simple. I, I cannot stand focus by wire. By wire. Yeah. Can't stand it. I yeah. love It's so much faster to focus the actual element. Just, I, I can get almost all the way around with one, with one turn. You know, yeah, and yeah. it just, it's so much smoother and so much more accurate. Um, so I, I've been enjoying that. And it's nice to have that, that little bit of extra reach. You know, it's only 15, 15 millimeter, but still it's, it's a little bit extra reach. Well, it's, well, your other one was 35. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difference. That's like yeah. a 50 to an 85 kind of almost. Yeah. Uh, it's a big deal. Um, so yeah, you have to let us know about that next week as you use it more. Mm-hmm. You like it better than taking pictures. Have you gotten anything developed out of your Nikon? Uh, one roll, okay. <laughs> one roll, <laughs> one roll. <laughs> All right. We'll I've talk got about HP that next time sitting too. Here. I've got the HP five sitting here. <laughs> one roll. Uh, shooting film. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will talk to you next week, Jeffrey. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Always a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. So long Too many